You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's Tuesday, it's April 27th. I'm Jack McMullen, and I'm here with the hottest man in baseball gambling, and physically, I guess. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, I, like, I'm not going to go there, but uh, yeah, you're pretty good at this gambling thing right now. We're recording on Monday, Pete riding a 6-0 and streak over the last two days. Peter Apple, how do you feel, man? I feel so good, dude. 6-0 and in my last six. We're 13-5 and in our last 18. And what we've been jumping on a lot, I'm not trying to give away all my secrets because there aren't really that many secrets to begin with. But what we've been looking at mostly is we like teams that are on travel days. So teams that just played a big series and now have to travel across the country for a Monday game. Uh, we like when there's two really good pitchers. We tend to like unders when there's two really bad pitchers we tend to like overs we don't complicate it too much we just win and it's been so much fun because i make the picks on tiktok every day through video just talking to my camera and then we go live after and people are asking me questions about it and it's just the most fun thing i do in the morning it it, i hope i keep winning but it's just so much fun the day that you were shirtless in bed you were like feeling kind of under the weather today did you go not feeling good at all did you go three and oh I went 3-0 that day, which is kind of cool. <laughs> and everyone was, cool. everyone was saying, they're like, oh my God, you like, why are you doing that? It's not funny. And I was like, I'm actually just sick and I can't get out of bed to do these picks. So just take them or don't. And they went 3-0. You're a content creator and <laughs> people got to see the top quarter of your chest tat, which is sick. Which is sick, which is maybe the reason I did it. Maybe subconsciously, that was all what it was for. Uh, we've got a loaded show and we're going to kind of go rapid fire. We're going to talk, of course, Padres Dodgers, which was another amazing series because like that's what we're going to get every time these two teams meet. We're going to talk about uh, some history, like question mark. It wasn't history. Madison Bumgarner uh, in a doubleheader in a seven inning game through a no hitter question mark. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, We're also going to hit kind of three guys that we have loved watching through the first Mm. couple of weeks. And they're not necessarily surprises. The way that I think we kind of viewed this is guys that are playing well and you look at them and you say, you know what? I feel so damn good that you're playing well. And then I've got a bone to pick with a home run revolution at the end. But first, Peter Apple, we're recording on Monday. 
I moved for good to Fort Wayne, Indiana on Sunday. I'm working the Fort Wayne tin cap season. We're about a week out, eight days out. And I heard a couple of things about Fort Wayne, Indiana that I want to share with you. Something I heard. I love it, Jack. And congratulations, by the way. I wasn't even able to ask you that because you got straight into Pete's picks. And I got too riled up about that. I got selfish and I'm sorry. I hear you. No, it's okay. We're all egotistical maniacs. Exactly. Uh, we all only want to talk about ourselves. And when the other Perfect. person talks, it's just like the Charlie Brown parent sound. that won't Yeah. <laughs> um, so it starts with a question. What do you think the population of Fort Wayne, Indiana is? I, I want to say 250,000. Oh my God, dude. No way. Is it actually that? Yeah. Like how did you get Wait, you're that serious? High? Yeah. 254,000 in the 2010 census. So one of my good friends, Max Moyle, is from Fort Wayne, Indiana, but I did I, I that was a straight out of nowhere guess. So usually people lowball it like crazy. I was gonna guess like oh. sixty-five thousand, but right, then I was people, like, no way it's that low. People guess like oh a hundred, like one twenty. No, like a hundred thousand. <laughs> okay, I was like <laughs> no, we're not talking about Bumtown, North Carolina, the home yeah. of uh, Madison Bumgarner, but it, 254,000, second largest city in Indiana. This is the something I heard that, that I loved. It's also dubbed the city of churches. Fort wow. Wayne, Indiana has 360 churches within the city boundaries. How many churches per person? two <laughs> i don't know i didn't open the uh, i didn't open the iphone calculator um and then one more interesting thing is the top two area employers are both health networks you've got the parkview health systems and the lutheran health network so you've got like this battle this edward versus jacob twilight battle of hospitals in fort wayne and um you've also got a, a ton of churches you can go to too and you also have the high a tin caps in the high A tin caps. Yeah. Dodgers Padres on the other side, although the tin caps are a Padres affiliate. That kicked ass, dude. Like the Dodgers took two of three last weekend. So of course, San Diego takes three of four this time. And that Sunday night baseball game was amazing. There are very few series and teams at this because I'm, I'm a Yankee fan. Um, Till the death of me, obviously. And I'm watching every single game. But when the Yankee game is on, that's where my focus is, right? Kind of no matter what. This is really the first time in my 23 years of on this planet that I am rather would watch a Padres-Dodgers game than my own fan base right now. It feels like it's, it feels like it's Warriors-Lakers. It feels like it's Lakers-Celtics. Yeah. It feels like it's Buccaneers-Chiefs. It's the two easily best teams in baseball. Dodgers look like the best team in all of sports. And the Padres are right there with them. It's just great theater. You know what I love about this is I agree with you. This is the first time where it's not necessarily the team you root for that you're making appointment television just because of the matchup. And my life, I have made premier pitching matchups a priority in television, right? But that's always a one-off. There's never a stretch of four games where I say, I got to watch at least a little bit of all four games. Yeah. Pick one. I'm like, oh, okay. In the NL East, if it's Aaron Nola, who's going crazy and Max Fried, who's going crazy in 2020, like, of course I'm going to watch that, but I'm never going to watch three straight games of Phillies Braves. 
I'm going to watch four straight of Dodgers Padres. Exactly. Is so unique. Appointment television. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's Sunday night baseball. They should be on Sunday night baseball. First of all, every single Sunday night, regardless, I don't know if it's even possible, but it's, it's not, it's not, but it's, it's just so much fun to watch. I can't get over how much fun I had, but I think we need to talk about an interesting tidbit. That's been kind of going viral lately. The Fernando Tatis Jr. stuff. Okay. Not only did he win NL Player of the Week, and he's on fire. He has seven home runs for the year. He had five home runs against the Dodgers. But there was a little bit of a sign stealing, question mark. Not really exactly sure. So when I was watching it live, there was it was a six-pitch at-bat. There was five pitches off the plate to Fernando Tatis from Trevor Bauer. I think it was like fastball, slider, curveball. He's just everything away, everything away. Six pitch comes in. Fernando Dottis, I saw him, you know, take a glance. But during that, I'd been watching Will Smith. He had been moving as soon as he calls a pitch, like moving, basically giving up to the hitter where the location is. I think Tatis noticed that there was five outside pitches in a row and he was checking to see if Will Smith was going to go outside again so he could sit on the pitch. I don't think it was necessarily him looking at the exact pitch. First of all, it was too quick, in my opinion. And this was all from just watching live. What did you get from it? If you have ever sucked as a hitter in your life, like I have in my life, you try and do anything that you possibly can to pick up a sign from a catcher. And that is tapping the bat on the plate and like, you know, maybe touching your nose and saying, oh, damn, I have the sniffles. And you're looking back. You're trying to get a glance at, at the catcher's signage. It's impossible. Like you're never. It's impossible. It. The angle's too shitty. What Fernando Tatis was doing was he was seeing where Will Smith was setting up, which is not stealing signs. If yeah. a catcher is going to prematurely move to his location before the hitter is ready and before the pitcher gets into his windup, then like, yeah, dude, take it. Totally take it. There were no trash cans involved. I'm cool with it. I'm not, I'm not necessarily cool with it because I don't want hitters doing that. I mean, if, if Tatis got drilled on the next at bat, I wouldn't say he completely doesn't deserve it. I'm not saying start throwing at guys, but if you're a catcher back there, anyone who's played baseball, anyone who's played catcher for years and years, you see a hitter doing that, your next thing, hey, we're going to go drill that guy. That's yeah. just, it seems like that's just how baseball works. So, but it was then interesting. They did the sort of drilling instead of in the game, they did it on Twitter when Trevor Bauer, as soon as he saw the video posted on Twitter, he, of course he goes, he tweets, if you need to know what pitch is coming that badly, just ask daddy next time at Tatis Jr. You know, I ain't scared, homie. And then Tatis responds, so that I think, out of the box score, like that's all you got to do. So it was that little video of him, like creeping down, like, you know, looking at the plate, obviously. And then I, I hope I pronounced this correctly. Tranquilo. Hio. <laughs> oh God. Was that just the whitest version of that ever? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. It means calm down son, which got 52,000 likes on Twitter versus the original tweet of Bauer getting 17. So it seems like Tatis won that battle both on the field and off the field. But I just love the excitement, Jack. I, I don't say what you want about Trevor Bauer. If you like it or you don't, it's making baseball so exciting. And it adds to the Padres Dodgers allure. I love it. I mean, say what you want. If he's right or not, I just love the energy. 
Okay, so I don't like what Bauer does, but I agree. It adds yeah. to it um, because you've got like polar opposites of the viral spectrum between Bauer and Tatis. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are thousands of people, tens of thousands of people that will make the case for either side being in the wrong, right? Like oh, yeah. Tatis, way too flashy, way too arrogant. <laughs> Bauer, massive d-back like that's just funny. how that's gonna work and it's like the older baseball fans don't even want them to have fun yeah they don't no. even want them to have fun a guy no that twitter no a guy that doesn't look like he's ever had fun in a baseball uniform ever through a seven inning no hitter i know uh, on sunday he even smiled at the end of it he's he, <laughs> <laughs> so here's why i don't think madison bumgarner threw a no hitter <laughs> even though he threw a complete game with no hits allowed um, <laughs> that sounds so stupid to say <laughs> it was a double header with the Atlanta Braves. The Braves did not score a run in 14 innings. And what sucks for Atlanta is it counted as two games, which is uh, great. <laughs> so a- Atlanta loses to Arizona and Madison Bumgarner throws a no hitter in seven innings. So in a nine inning game in a normal baseball game, that's not a no hitter, Pete. Not according to the rule either. I would be willing to let the thought creep into my mind that that was a no-hitter if Madison Bumgarner and his battery mate and the rest of the Diamondbacks acted even one bit like it was. <laughs> like Nobody, nobody treated that like a no-hitter. You know who didn't treat it like a no-hitter? Zach Gallen, the pitcher before... Madison Bumgarner threw no hitter in game one. So that no hitter was in game two of the double header in game one. You mentioned it. No run scored. Zach Allen gave up one hit in that game. So the Braves got one hit through 14 innings. And when I said that I will give it up to Zach Allen of what he thinks about the no hitter, I'll read you his quote. I turned to uh, the catcher at the time, Stephen Vaught after, and he was like, man, that would have been sick. Gallen said, I was like, eh, forget that. I want a legit one. And then I said, if it would have been seven innings, I don't know if I could have done the Rolex. It would have probably been an Omega watch for me. So Zach Gallen, and and credit to Zach Gallen, he had no idea that his teammate would throw an actual seven inning no hitter. But even he thought it wasn't legit. He wanted a full nine inning game. So at first I say, yes. If MLB institutes the seven game, seven inning rule, then it's a no-hitter. You, you can't fault him for not having more innings to throw in, but he was also at 98 pitches. And we know that in the last two frames, a lot of no-hitters get ruined. Yeah, a lot. So I'm so in between. I am going to stake the claim on it's not a no-hitter. But if, but I wouldn't be offended if anyone called it a no-hitter. That's where I'm at. Me neither, but the fact is, like, I didn't look at Twitter yesterday, and I wow. didn't know that this happened until Monday morning. <laughs> like, dude, I would have known right away if it was a legit no hitter. I promise. That's true. ESPN would have just rang your phone up. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, let's get into what I think we we have come to love doing, and what the TikTok folk love. They do love it. <laughs> they project the play. Uh, they're the quick bio blasts on who's playing well. But why we love it, I think, is because we can heap praise on people that haven't gotten it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, Dustin May, 
uh, your mean Mercedes. Who else have we kind of covered that that hadn't really gotten praise yet? Kyle Tucker. We've covered, I mean, our boy Freddie Peralta. We've Freddie covered Peralta. Byron Buxton. We covered Christian Vasquez, Will Smith. Yep. We're just going after guys who we don't feel like are getting a lot of love, but are absolutely raking or yeah. pitching extremely well. Or we're seeing little things of improvement that they deserve to be talked about. So with that being said, can I go first? Or do yeah, you want to go let first? Me, let me preface it with today, I'm kind of going a different route. And I'm going with three bigger names. And by bigger, I mean like pretty big names in the game of baseball that I feel like these guys are just heads hitting the pillow and they're getting a good night's sleep right now. Like they're playing the baseball they're accustomed to playing in their heyday. I'm on, I'm on kind of that same boat. I'm in the, these guys are, are really good and you know their name but they're not really still getting the coverage that they need. And that's, that's kind of the point of this whole podcast, right? Oh yeah. Totally. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. You go first then. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Chicago's finest right now. The Cubs are not that good, but oh my God, is Chris Bryant playing well right now? Finally. Chris Bryant's barrel rate is the highest it's been in his career. Granted, it's only been a couple of weeks and his average launch angle is the lowest it's ever been. And I'll tell you why that's a really big deal. It's resulting in one of the lowest K rates we've seen from him in his career. But I thought Chris Bryant was extinct two years ago when he came up 2015, 2016. He had a rookie of the year, I believe, under his belt and he had an MVP under his belt. He had a World Series ring within the first two, three years of him being in Major League Baseball. This guy was at the top of Mount Everest in the sport because pitchers loved throwing low, fastballs at the knees. So what does KB do? He's got an elongated swing, and he teaches everybody about this cool new aspect of the game called launch angle. And he is annihilating the low pitch. But after he wins his MVP, what's the sexiest thing in baseball? And what has stayed the sexiest thing in baseball? High fastballs. High fastballs. And high fastballs take Chris Bryant out of the equation. He was at a stage in his career as a Scott Boris client where he was adapt and make a hundred more million dollars than he might if he doesn't adapt. It was literally adapt or die for Chris Bryant. And through the first couple of weeks of the season, He's adapting, and oh my God, is he thriving. And he's going to be a free agent next year. He could pull in Buku Bucks. Buku Bucks. And he wasn't going to if he replicated what he did in 2019-2020. There was going to be a huge cash swing for him, regardless of how he played. If he didn't play well, he was going to be looking at like a three-year, $50 million deal. If he played well, he's looking at, you know, Carlos Correa money and Carlos Correa thinks he deserves the world. Chris Bryant actually deserves the world. I wouldn't give Carlos Correa a dime. I would (laughs) would. give it to Chris Bryant. I love it. It's just so good seeing him come back. Right. And that's, it's the feel good. And that's where this next player comes in. Cause I don't think anyone would think that he has ever struggled because he really hasn't outside of a, I guess a down year in 2020, but JD Martinez is unstoppable right now. He shares the league lead in home runs with seven. He's third in slugging. He's fifth in average. He's ninth in on base. It's putting him at third total in offensive war and then third all around in total war. And yeah, like I said, tough 2020. 
hit 213 and and but he actually has as many home runs in 2021 as he did in all of 2020 it's just so good seeing JD Martinez come back to that dog you know reminiscent of the Manny Ramirez's that were in Boston reminiscent of these big Boston power hitters and the Red Sox are doing really well. And JD Martinez is a huge reason why they're doing so well right now. You ever heard the stories about JD Martinez and his T work? He's heard that he's the most insanely hard workers. The game has seen. Yeah. I, he just spends so many hours on the T and this is one of the greatest hitters in the game in the last decade. And all he does is T work and soft toss. He gets that swing perfect and he knows exactly what he's doing i'm gonna go to a pitcher now and don't yell at me but it's actually another chicago cub which is weird because like they've been underwhelming but it it makes me so happy to see when this guy succeeds craig kimbrell was amazing in atlanta he's been amazing like he had this dip and you would see him trot out there and time and time again in 2019 and 2020 dude was just getting shelled and yeah. they were like, ah, oh, like this sucks because you started like gangbusters and you looked like Mariano Rivera. Craig Kimbrell has had hall of fame numbers for his entire career, just because he built himself that capital on the front end in Atlanta on the back end. Now he's appeared in eight games so far in 2021 in nine innings pitched, he struck out 14 guys allowed a one hit and not one run has crossed yet. Lots of it has to do with his first pitch strike rate. He's starting a one on guys, which he hasn't done in years. And that is reminding everybody why Craig Kimbrell could likely be a hall of famer. It's crazy to think that you're probably right. And he's one of the best relievers kind of of our generation. We were talking about the, we were talking about the Kershaw's the DeGrom debate, kind of the best relievers now. And it's funny in the American League, maybe the best reliever right now is a Roldis Chapman who doesn't give up hits or runs either. And I actually have a funny Craig Kimbrell story that I'd love to tell you about. When I was 19, I was working as an intern for the New York Yankees, and I was handing out flyers to people who were coming in for the event. That's I was just working an event. I was 19 in my suit. And it's before game time. It's Yankees Red Sox. And this guy with a huge beard, hat on, sunglasses on is is trying to walk past me through the door and this is a media entrance like I would never I I I had no idea who this was and I'm like hey sir and he like kind of like brushed past me I get in front of him and I'm like hey sir like you can't come through here like are you a part of the event and he's like I'm Craig Kimbrell idiot looks up it's Craig Kimbrell and I was like I'm just 19 I have no I had no idea how to react I was like I'm sorry Craig I called him Craig (laughs) like Kimbrell (laughs) that's my story about Craig Kimbrell but another maybe another home my for my second guy Danny Duffy is a stud (laughs) for the Royals so Danny Duffy he's a pitcher I love he's from he was born in Goleta California where I'm from he's a Lompoc kid he went to Cabrillo High School a lot of Southern California names that I'm throwing out there that maybe not a lot of our listeners will know of but I hold clear and dear to my heart and we crush Cabrillo high school and high school baseball, but that's another discussion. <laughs> that was such a dumb point. All right. He's got a 0.39 ERA. He also has the highest K rate of his career and he's striking out 
30% of those hitters. That's an 8% jump from last year. Granted, couple weeks, I get it. But if I told you that Corbin Burns has a 0.37 ERA and Danny Duffy has a 0.39 ERA, yes, Corbin Burns has a 97-mile-an-hour cutter. But Danny Duffy is actually developing into an ace for a team that is going to be really good this year, I think, in the Kansas City Royals. And and another part, a little more uh, deeper on Danny Duffy, because he got to go deeper on the hometown kid. Throwing the hardest he's ever thrown since 2016 at 94 miles an hour on the fastball. Every single one of his pitches, the spin rate is up over 100 RPM, and it's up over a mile or two in tick in velocity. He's just throwing really well right now. He looks great. He looks healthy. He looks you know ready to roll. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's developing into an ace. I feel yeah, maybe like that's the development aspect of his career might be over. Yes. But he's playing really well. He's pitching really well. When I say I'm not developing, developing, wrong word. He's acting like an ace. Yeah. He's, he has ace stuff right now. And it's just great to see. I love that's Danny fair. Duffy. We shared the third guy. So I'm going to drop the numbers on him. And then do it. what I'm going to do is I'm going to quantitatively assess him you're going to qualitatively assess him and then i'll fill in whatever blanks qualitatively we we have cool i do have a couple numbers that i'd love to talk about but qualitative i will i fucking love bryce harper yeah i love him too dude i love bryce harper he's hitting 340 his obp is still 120 points higher than his batting average which is the bryce harper special every year north of 100 points better with his obp than his average His OPS is over 1,100. He's in the top 10% in exit velo. He's in the 97th percentile in barrel rate. And he's in the 98th percentile in walk rate. This guy gets on base and he hammers the baseball and he's so fun. I love Bryce Harper. I do love Bryce Harper too. And people hate on Bryce Harper. And just like another kind of step. So what he's doing right now, he's hitting 558 on off-speed pitches. That's so... So not only his approach now is going to be so good, you can't throw him a breaking ball. You're not going to sneak a fastball by by Bryce Harper. He's hitting over 300 on fastballs. And then if you don't throw it in the strike zone, he's not going to swing. So he's becoming this kind of unstoppable hitter. And oh, wait, in right field, he's really good out there. He has one of the strongest arms in the outfield. Former catcher throws 100-mile-an-hour missiles. And he's also got range out there. The Phillies look a little bit better. We love us and Bryce Harper. Nobody talks about Bryce Harper because it seems overrated. 13 years, 330 million or whatever. But hey, if he's hitting like this, he's earning every single penny of that contract. He took a shoe top curveball 470 feet. Granted, I it was saw that. Field. Oh my God. Granted, cores, but like still 468 still. on a shoe top breaking ball. And then that same game, he throws a guy out at the plate. With a 92-mile-an-hour throw from right field. Like, (laughs) he's so fun. Just a quick wrap-up. I'm going to get something off my chest now because I was talking to um, one of my good friends that has been a longtime baseball instructor in in the Northeast. He was uh, a coach on the Cape League team that I was broadcasting games for in 2018. We got into the conversation of the boomer bust mentality in baseball right now. And he is more of a traditionalist than I am. But it's just really starting to piss me off over the yeah. last couple of years. And it's the home run revolution. And 
I'm going to draw a parallel to another sport that I hold near and dear to my heart, but I'm going to explain to you why it's kind of an unfair parallel. The home run revolution in baseball, as we see 2017 and 2019, as the two times in baseball history that we have eclipsed 6,000 total home runs in Major League Baseball. So home home runs runs are more apparent than ever, right? 6,000 is a lot. 6,000 is a ton. That's a lot of TikTok clips. Yeah. and (laughs) (laughs) We're seeing you know, uh, home run records in franchises being broken, the Yankees doing it, the twins setting a major league record. My thing is like, where are the wins? Like, why is this a proven method that like home runs and strikeouts win games? And what I want to draw the parallel to is three point attempts in college basketball. What I'm noticing just at the collegiate level in college basketball, and it's backed up um, by Ken Palm, three point attempt percentage which is the percentage of the total shots you take coming from beyond the arc has just seen this constant trend upwards. Yeah. And we once were at like 32% of teams shots coming from beyond the arc. Now we're at like 37%. And what people can make the case for as to why that's good is, Oh, look at Baylor this year. Best three point shooting team in the country wins the national title. It works. No, 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 no. It works if you make them. It doesn't necessarily work if you take them. Yep. So you'll see teams in the next couple of years, I promise, you'll see teams that are in the top five, maybe even number one in hitting home runs. But I would love to know the teams that pretty much only hit home runs and only strike out where those guys are going to end up. What's the formula? You mentioned before we started recording the Minnesota Twins a couple of years ago when they were just blasting homers. Yeah, they won 100 games. Did they win the freaking World Series? Look at the history of what's been going on with these teams that lead in home runs. They go into the playoffs and they don't do anything. It's the same thing I'm watching every single day with the Yankees. I totally agree with everything you were saying and so spot on. The Yankees have this same problem. They... They fall in love with the home run, with the short porch, with swinging for the fences. They're down 4-0. Aaron Hicks is trying to hit a solo home run. What does that do for the team, dude? The Twins are the the same thing. It's, yes, they'll win 98, 99 games in the regular season. They'll put on a show. They'll go into the playoffs with people predicting that they're they're just going to light it up. But then it's like, wait a minute. They don't pitch or play defense or have a good bullpen. But hey, they hit a lot of home runs in good spots against teams that like in the NL Central or AL Central. Like it's just, you you worded it much better than me. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, you know what? And, and, and sometimes it works. Let's take the Yankees, for example. Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, ace off, like matchup of the year in the American League. Such a great game. 2-1. The Yankees win on two solo home runs. Other than that, they looked like crap. So it works sometimes. It works sometimes. But now for the human element of this, when do teams stockpile home runs in the regular season? When it's warm out. Yeah. When do you play the playoffs? When it's cold out. When it's cold out. (laughs) When do you not hit home runs? It's true though, because then you go in the first round of the playoffs, second round of the playoffs, and you're like, why is this team not hitting? Oh, I don't know. Is it because they 
projected their entire team based off a singular skill. And if that skill isn't working at the time, how do you expect to win? Teams that win championships are teams that can do everything well and then hit the home run when you need it. The Dodgers are a great example of that. The Astros are a great example of yeah. that. Teams that run. I mean, Nashville's probably cheated. <laughs> they, not probably they did. But t- we understand that teams that can run the bases. They were talking on the broadcast last night with the Padres. They're running the, the most in baseball right now. And it's electric. Where have people, why are people not stealing bases anymore? I know they haven't gotten any slower. My head hurts. I think yeah, I need I'm a break until too. Friday. We cool with that? <laughs> We can chill till Friday. All right, that's fine. We'll release another episode on Friday for you, uh, you fiends for the pod. And and don't forget, hot on TikTok right now at Project the Plate. We got Pete's picks. We got Jack giving takes. We got everything. You like baseball? Go check us out. We got everything. And the Instagram, you know what? You'll get the picks on Instagram. You'll get the TikToks on Instagram too. So if you're holding out on TikTok like I was forever. Um, and I still hold out. I'm only following one page and it's project the plate because I'm a big company guy. I get uh, it. <laughs> but uh, you can also uh, just check him out on Instagram as well. He's Pete. I'm Jack. This was a very fun episode to do. This is a good one. And also don't forget to like and subscribe on our podcast. Leave a five-star review. Uh, we're not asking for too much. It's a couple of clicks. And, you know, if you leave a good one, we'll be really happy. Yeah. Uh, honestly, give us a one-star review if you want. Like, no, any pod. Any don't don't even good put pub. that in their brain because you know that our boys who are listening to this podcast will be like, oh, it's it's so funny to leave a one star. <laughs> and then our podcast tanks because they thought it was hilarious. Yeah, you're right. Don't do that. All right. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> Thank you, everybody.